0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of the Bringing the Juice podcast. I'm your host, Frank Delana. Today on the pod, we have an OG, reoccurring guest, Marcus McMarion. Marcus, say what's up to Juice Nation real quick, baby. What's happening? Yes, sir. Juice is high per usual. Uh, I went with a classy fit, had time to come home from work, take a nice little shower, been having this chain out for a minute. Thought it was a good day to rep it, you know? We need a little pick-me-up right now in life. I think the dogs use a little pick-me-up.
1: It's the first time you pulled things. that out. I'm changing the first, first time. time. I feel honored. Thank you. Well, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate <clears> that,
0: Marcus. I want to start us off today. Actually, before I even do that, uh, just a reminder, to everyone: this episode is brought to you in part by the American Pistachio Growers. If you want to perform like the pros, then eat your pistachios. Eat your nuts, kids. Come on now. Uh, I want to start with the David Goggins quote that I read oh. today. Um, it was sent to me, and I'm going to pass it on. Take one, pass it on. Going deep. If you want to get better, do the things no one else wants to do. David Goggins. Now, you know, David Goggins is a guy who we both like. Uh, clearly, a role model to some people. I think he has some positive things. I think there's some things that aren't necessarily um, you can't. They're not relevant, like because you, you can't do with 10,000 pull-ups in a day and still work all day. You can't run 20 right. miles. Like that's a whole different debate we could get into, but. A quote like that, I'm going to read it again. If you want to get better, do the things no one else wants to do. How is somebody supposed to absorb that, make a plan of attack, and then execute?
1: I think it's really dependent on what season of life someone's in. To where, like you said, I mean, someone who has a nine to five job, it might mean something else versus if you're talking to a Fresno State athlete or someone who's in college. I mean, they could really take that and run with it and grind. And I was actually thinking about that on the way up here as far as, um, In your opinion, how many days off do you actually think we had while at Fresno State Tour? Like, you're not… I'm talking day off. You're not thinking about football and you're full-blown just like, I'm off. Like, how many days… In
0: our era together? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we played played two years together.
1: Yeah, I'm talking from January to February. How many days do you actually think we have
0: off? So, okay, me and you were similar in the workhorse mindset. Yeah, yeah. My answer would be different than I'm not going to name some guys. Yeah. Um… Maybe like
1: a solid what?
0: Twelve, maybe. And that's and, and this is the twelfth. It is that's a
1: whole year though, which right. is crazy. I'd say the
0: only real time I took off was from bowl game to
1: kind of that spring maybe, ball stretch. You have a couple days here and there.
0: I would say like the bowl game, let's say the bowl game is December 20th. Uh I'm probably chilling until about the twenty-seventh. I'm going to enjoy the holiday. Then I'm going to go for a light run. Yeah. Every day I'm stretching no matter yeah. what. Because I'm i that dude. Yeah. Uh, y- you get to a point when you go through enough injuries in your professional career where you're like, half the game is staying healthy. Yeah. Like, we talk 100%. about on bringing juice all the time. But yeah, you, I mean, you don't get any time off. Like people think the first run is usually what, January 15th, something yeah. like
1: that. Something like that.
0: Bro, you know how long that is until you have an, a football season? Like, yeah. That's hundreds of days yeah yeah
1: and i think that's what you're saying as far as like showing up every day that's where it's like i was really thinking about like working that where everyone comes and talks to the players and like oh we love hiring athletes we love doing this we love doing that and it's like man i, I realized where if you apply half of your athletic dedication and kind of demeanor that you took to your athletics i mean you're gonna crush everyone you're gonna be average on accident you yeah
0: know? exactly crazy you know i mean one of the second points i wanted to to, to even Discuss was just like controlling the controllables um i know coach tefford had his sayings i think everyone has their sayings but one thing uh i think that's it takes a sense of maturity to understand and i mean i had days where like i'm not where i want to be on the depth chart necessarily i know you had days in your career yeah. where you were like that but one thing that you learn and it takes a sense of maturity to be able to swallow that pill and look yourself in the mirror and be like, "Hey, I did everything I possibly could today to get better." And it's and, and and ultimately, if you are a guy who consistently, keywords consistent here, underline that consistent, you know, you you show up on time, you give maximum effort, and you have a positive attitude, then you're doing the right things right. You yeah. can't control how many reps you get. You can't control if um, you know. You're gonna get the play that the ball goes to you. You're yeah. gonna get in, you're gonna do that, blah, blah, blah. You might be hurt, you might be on a high right now. But if you could go every day and control the controllables, and that's, and that's, I'm talking, we're talking football. Dude, yeah. that's anything. Yeah, like, yeah. You could be a boss, you could be a freaking dad, you could be trying to start this business. If you're showing up and putting the work in on time, because that's something you could plan out and do, you're giving extreme effort, maximum. Yeah. And then your attitude's good. You can control your attitude. Yeah, maybe someone yeah. pissed in your Wheaties that day, but get over it. That's part of just nutting up and being a man, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and I think I actually just listened to uh, Eric Thomas. He was talking on a podcast, and it's something I've never heard said this way. He was talking about like how comparisons the Thief of All Joy, kind of talking about that, but he was saying how a lot of people get caught window shopping and looking out the window instead of looking in the mirror. And that's kind of like what you're saying as far as, I mean, ours. controlling the controllable. I was right. like, dang, I said that's exactly where it's at. And even… I mean, when you're not exactly where you want to be in the depth chart, I mean, I remember times at Oregon State to where I know people who were in my corner, good-hearted, good hearted, right. good intentions were almost hyping me to the point to where I felt validated if I had the victim mentality. And I had to kind of talk myself out of that. Like, right. no, like you're not the victim here. If you were 10 times better than the guy you're battling with, there wouldn't even be a question to where that's where you kind of have to talk to yourself and look in the mirror and say, hey, am I actually doing everything I can to kind of... Earn this spot and deserve it, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think out of those three between being on time, maximum effort, and controlling your attitude, being on time is a staple that, you know what, you're 18 years old. You, sh- I-, I learned this in high school, and I also am that guy who, like, I respect other people's time to where if I'm supposed to be somewhere at 7, I'm, I'm not I'm not the guy who's going to be there at 7. Yeah. Over, like, yeah, oh, yeah. sorry, man. Like, no, nah, I'm going to be there freakishly right. early, if anything, because that's just how I'm wired. If somebody's late for me, I'm pissed. Yeah. And, I mean, we got friends who they'll show up to dinner 45 minutes late. But, like, I also have friends who they'll be there seven minutes early in the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, you're used to being early as well. But the the sooner you could understand just being somewhere on time, you automatically are on the top 50% of the entire population.
1: Yeah. And I think that's huge, too, to where I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough as far as guys being successful in sports and life or whatever the case is, to where there's a lot of things that happen that, have zero to do with your athletic ability your talent as far as just I mean showing up on time like I was a guy to where I took a lot of pride in showing up when coach DeBoer when Tedford was there like I I took pride in walking in with them together like hey what are we about to break down before the team gets there and stuff like that and I mean guys knew that I was doing that to where that's where like little stuff you start earning the respect of your teammates and when I got to Fresno I mean that was the biggest thing I was concerned about to where I've seen the flip side of it, you have the the coaches' leaders were like, oh yeah, that's our leader. But kind of players are bickering about him and saying stuff to where when I got to Fresno, I said, I'm going to earn the respect of my teammates first and everything else would just fall in line after that.
0: Ultimately, it all comes down to respect. And, you know, the being on time thing, I, I 100% agree with you. It puts you in on top 50%. The maximum effort, in football, it's easy to say, don't loaf. Um, in sports, if you're going to practice, you're going to practice how you play. Yeah. If you're jogging a route, well, you're probably not going to execute it at the speed you need to in a game situation. Right. If you're if you're half-assing something, it's not going to translate over. That's the older you get, you learn that. But you could control your effort. And there are days where you go 50%, right. 25%, whatever you want to call it. But I think the hardest thing, and this is what separates the four-star, five-star, three-star, half-star guys from either you're going on, on the pendulum, you're either going left or you're going right. You're going yeah. down the beaten path of... Shit, man, I ain't playing. Things aren't going my way. I'm getting all these reps in practice, but game time comes and it's not sliding my way. Or from a work situation, I'm staying late. I'm coming early. I'm not getting that raise. There's a managerial position available. And guess what? They're going to bring in an outside source, but I'm putting in the work. And it's hard to have that maturity to say, you know what? I'm going to swallow my pride, bite the bullet, keep my head down, keep my nose on the grindstone, and... Have a good attitude.
1: Yeah. And I think if you've never played college football or played at that level, I think the the best comparison and wake up call is your first fall camp. And you kind of wake up to that and you realize, oh, like, what wow, I'm here. Like this is college and this is what it's about. But I mean, just kind of to the point you're making, I, I remember very vividly like guys saying, like, oh, you're a quarterback, like camp's not as hard for you as it is for me as far as the o-linemen and stuff and at first i used to try to like argue with them like no it's not but then as i got older i said dude you're 100 percent right like i'm not getting banged up like you guys are but as far as the mental side of things like i was dialed in locked in mentally like exhausted from all day like staying locked in learning the plays and different stuff like that but yeah it's definitely uh, different kind of aspects of fatigue i guess you could say on the mental side of it or physical and Maybe as the season goes on, I mean, you know guys are 100% week one, maybe week two. And then after that, I mean, your you're 100% is really an 85%. And you got to right. stay dialed in 100% mentally, though.
0: And, and that's the thing mentally because everyone, and this is the thing, winter ball, everyone's, they're, it's a it's a fresh slate. Everyone's yeah. got positive vibes. Spring ball, some guys don't play spring ball because they're hurt. They got yeah. a surgery. Spring ball, I think it can really help you if you have a really good spring. Yeah. I think if you don't have a really good spring, it doesn't necessarily hurt you per se. Yeah. Because there's a lot of guys who don't play spring ball. Yeah. Summer ball is about respect, in my opinion. If you're yeah. loafing…
1: Grinder, yeah.
0: You're gonna, your ass is going to get called out. If you're grinding, all right, I respect that, dude. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, fall camp, it's it's that's when it gets mentally hard. You, depth charts start coming out. Yeah. people start getting hurt. Those days are long, man. If you ain't been there, you can't really know it. I don't want to keep sounding like, oh, we're in some exclusive club yeah. where you just had to be there. But like, it is, it is one of the m- most mentally draining um, months you could probably go through. Right. And everyone's itching at it. And like, everyone's hungry that first day of fall camp because... You're so anxious to finally hit somebody again. Yeah. You're so anxious to make contact, put the pads back on. You're tired of the summer ball BS. Like, yeah. It's over with. And then you start getting hungry again, like the 15th yeah. of August. You're tired of the guest speakers. Yeah. You're tired of the long meetings. Now you just want to play somebody else. Yeah. But like, you know, it's game. What's game this is going to be, it'll be game six when people are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Like hopefully the dogs just beat San Jose. If not, whatever, we'll talk about that later. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh point is like it's a long football season, man. It's a grind. And you're just yeah. I don't want to say you feel like you're on this hamster wheel, but whether you like it or not, whether you're six and 0 and six, or something in between, guess what? Week seven's coming, baby. Yeah. And you either gotta you gotta it's time, it's nut up or shut up time. Like yeah. and some dudes, things aren't going their way. They start. Hey, I'm just collecting my check, bro. Whatever. I, I just want my scholarly check. I don't even really care if I play or not. And then you got the dudes who are hungry and they rise through the ashes. Yeah. And that's part of that consistency. And then that, you know, leads me to my next point of the difference between the mindset of I got to do something versus I get to do something.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a. a daily reminder. That's something to where it it sounds good. It's a a nice clip. It's a highlight to kind of be able to say something that way, honestly. Like, you know, it's nice. But then to consistently wake up every day and remind yourself that, that's where the real battle is to where every day. And I actually just listened to like an old clip of uh, one of our old teammates talking about to where as far as just it's, I don't know. It's a hard pill to swallow. And it almost sounds egotistical when you kind of say, it, but like, honestly, at the end of the day, like really nobody cares what you're doing. Like, no. it's like whether you you working your your butt off and you're, you're really in shape or you get out of shape, like really nobody cares, like, but you to where I think that's where I always kind of grew up such a, a people pleaser and kind of doing it for the crowd and doing this and doing that to where it's like, you realize you have to do stuff for you at right. the end of the day to where, I mean, nobody's paying your bills for you. I can't remember the last time someone said, hey, let me pay your mortgage for you. It's like, no, like you have to wake up and go to work and kind of put your your boots on every day to where I think that's a a huge thing to kind of realize. It's like, hey, you got to wake up and do it for you and kind of find your own why.
0: I agree. And I also, to piggyback off that, um, from a football perspective, I always would think on those hard days or the days where things aren't, you know, they ain't so shiny, ain't rainbows and ponies and shit. Mm. I used to think about my last game ever my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this and you ever played football or you played a sport, your last game ever, I guarantee you, you probably had guys, they were crying. Mm -hmm. It's a sad deal. There's guys who they know this was their last time to ever strap it up. The last football game ever. And it's football's a game of emotion, man. We've said it. We've said it on our podcast together. Like, yeah. Well, there is no church league. There is no uh uh amateur league, there's yeah. no co-ed. No city adult league. That's what I'm saying. There's yeah. no there's no like pickup basketball. It, it ain't the same. There's no indoor soccer, like there's you can't compare it to anything. Yeah. Once you're done, it's over, it's done. Adios. And you think about like I really get to do this. Like, and you know, like I was walk on at first, like I wasn't collecting a check. I really yeah. want to do this shit. But like you, I mean, think about it, like you're Dude, you're playing division one college football. Like take advantage of every moment. And like even now in the workforce, like there's people that I'll use Bring the Juice as an example. There's people that wish they could have a podcast that was bumping like Bring the Juices. They've tried it. And I'm humble brag here, but like I get to do Bring the Juice. I don't got to do Bring the Juice. Like I love this shit and I'm hungry about it. And I hope everyone listening is, you know, fired up that. I got Marcus Montgomery on the right. pod, and we're we're talking about some real stuff right now. Like, I I'm not trying to please people. I'm just I'm trying to I'm hoping people take a nugget of their Thursdays listening to bring the juice, and right. they could apply it to their life and make their life better because of it. And it's not a it's not a black and white thing, mm-hmm. but I do think we take advantage, especially you could just say living in America, bro. Right, bro. We got clean water we got a roof over our head. We got... I mean, we got freedom. Like, yeah, I mean, the economy is not like the best <laughs> ever right now. Interest rates are expensive. Stock market's in the shitter. Crypto. Dogecoin is screwing me right now. But like... Dude, you know, it's, that's, it's, I, it's... It's like, it's hard. Like, I you, like that you take it that direction. It's on, cause
1: kind of like you said as far as... I think it's just all depending on how you look at things and how you spend things in perspective. To where I was just having this talk with my father-in-law, where he was kind of talking about all the different things are going on in the economy, this and that, yada right. yada. And honestly, I was like, I don't even watch the news. I don't, I don't like. It, I got Twitter. It, it doesn't have a an immediate effect on my life to where it doesn't like. Oh, my life is altering, changing because this X Y Z happened. To right. where I mean, it's all kind of perspective and kind of your outtake on it. As far as uh, I always nerd out on, like the the brain and different stuff like the reticular activating system like whatever you focus on you bring into your life and different stuff like that to where um i think if you want to focus on that you want more of it to be in your life i think it's more harming you than good to right. where kind of just just be con- conscious and kind of aware of what you're focusing on i guess
0: yeah yeah i mean it also i think about as i'm after doing this pod I, I posted a bunch of stuff in on all my social medias and. I love social media because it's helping bring the juice grow. Mm-hmm. But also, it's such a distraction to everything. Yeah, And we live in this bind of a world right now where you want to get more followers, more mm-hmm. likes, more engagement, more views, all that crap. But at the same time, it's like, it's so much, it's so much to follow. I, I, I want to get a flip phone where I have the 20 contacts in my life that I actually talk to and like that's like I think how much simpler yeah. it would be, how much more focused I could be on things. Because yeah, I'd be lying if I said I don't go to the bathroom an extra 10 minutes because I'm scrolling on freaking, you yeah. know, Instagram reels or some BS. Yeah. And
1: I think you kind of talked about as far as like why bring the juice has grown so much. Um, I I think I know why it's grown so much. Why do you feel like it's kind of had the success that it's had so far?
0: I think that I keep it very raw. Mm-hmm. I think that. And you're Marcus McMarrian and I don't remember us talking about um a touchdown in Boise ever mm-hmm. once. Right. But we talk about real life stuff that the person who's played a sport, likes watching sports, or thinks about sports mm-hmm. can relate to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't
1: it, know. I, I personally just want to say, like, I want to credit you as far as, like, doing the podcast and doing what you're doing. I think it's grown so much because, like you said, it's authentic. It's real. But more than anything, like, I'm looking at your hat. Bring the juice, the, the chain juice. Like, you, I think you're a spitting image of that. Like, that's what you lived right. throughout college. Yeah. Like, you were on the team. You knew, hey, I'm not going to go out there and score five touchdowns this game probably. But I could bring own the juice. Role. Like, on your, your role. role. exactly, to where... I think you're a spitting image of your brand. And I think that's appreciate the quickest that. way to grow a brand. A lot right. of people are maybe trying to grow something that's they're not exactly the brand. But I mean, you're a living spitting image and like living bring the juice to her. I just want to kind of credit you for that. And I think that's why it's grown so much because… I
0: appreciate that. You
1: bring the juice.
0: Oh, well, it's that hot shit. I
1: appreciate it. <laughs> no, but you know
0: what? Seriously, though. Like, before I started the pod, and I've mentioned this a few times, like, I knew I wanted to start a podcast… I knew I had a sports career. I knew I was hungry to be a successful young man. And me and you always shooting the shit. I got a stack of a hundred books over here. Yeah. We're reading books. We're bouncing yeah. them off each other. I mean, people who don't know, like me and Marcus are, we are like, let's talk about iron sharpens iron. This is exactly the it right here. Yeah. And um, I knew though, if I wanted to start a pod, I can't talk about, I wanted to start a pod maybe about like 20 early 20s guys trying to get ahead in life. Yeah. How you could read these books and apply them, um, how you could better your mental health, how you could take things you learn in athletics, even high school football and and it's still relevant towards yeah. kicking ass. But you know what? I'm not Grant Cardone. I'm not freaking Gary whatever the hell his name yeah. is. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not Jocko. Like mm. I'm not, but I know that athletes go through shit mentally. That is not easy. Right. And they overcome it. And that's builds character, mm. which is within deep in the belly of their soul, which that same character, those same morals, those same principles, they can't, they're relevant. People want to hear about why yeah. you are the way you are. They want to hear about how you're not Fresno State QB1, who's winning Mountain West, you know, MVP at these bowl games, but you're still rising like you you got a family you got a you got a, a kid on the way i don't know yeah. if you got a son but yeah, yeah but uh it's you know it's coming and yeah. like just to have that platform where i could have these professional athletes on and we don't talk about uh jose ramirez's knockouts and yeah. as a world champ we don't talk about freaking your touchdowns in boise we don't talk about michael walker's first interception yeah in on the falcons like i really don't care i want to know about like the human being side of you yeah. and like why you're wired the way you are because yeah, guess what? This is elite athletes chasing greatness. I They are elite athletes. Yeah, I get people hit me up all the time. Oh, my daughter's a high school water polo. She's all league. Listen, bro, that's awesome. I wish her the best. I really do. I would love for her to rep bring the juice. But there's levels to this shit Loki. Yeah. Like you yeah. need to go through, you need to go through the ringer. And I've talked to you about it. like, I'll be honest, there's dudes who I played with at Fresno State they're big, they're fast, but they're not grinders. Yeah. And And like, I wouldn't have them on the pod because I don't think they have valuable mindsets to share to the young athletes, to the parents of those young athletes and the people listening to this podcast.
1: Yeah, and I think something that's not talked about a ton is just like the respect and standards and kind of things, just quality of character that people hold themselves to that are on this podcast. I feel like to where um, it's something that's really underlooked and not talked about enough to where, just having the integrity and character to say, yes, please, no thing. Like, every time I'm around your parents, like, it's always really respectful. Every time you're around my parents, it's always really respectful. I never have to worry about you cursing or trying to do something or disrespecting my family or anything like that. And even we're close, but it's like, some guys, it's like, I I don't know what they're going to do, you know, to where (laughs) you have to kind of keep a a steady kind of boundary sometimes with some guys.
0: I'm sending out wedding invitations right now. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm getting married in the Catholic church. Got a nice reception. Right. Taking these guys to some nice dinners. (laughs) Taking them to church. Taking them to Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner. Like, my family's very open to the team. If if you've ever played at Fresno State with a Delaney brother, you know that by now. But, bro, I swear to God, if one of these dudes pull up in, like, some ripped jeans and, like, a a Kanye West t-shirt. Yeah. My is going to freak out. My mom's going to freak out. Yeah. And I've texted the dudes who are on the bubble. I'm like, hey, man, listen. You got seven months. (laughs) Yeah, just know what's going on. Go save up $90 and get yourself a suit. And you know what? You'll wear it for a long time for other stuff, too. Yeah, You should have a suit. I'm sorry. Burn the 100 bucks, bro. Shit, there was that place at Fresno State, Plato's Closet. You could freaking get... James Bailey has, like, the, the fittiest of... That boy looks like Peaky Blinders with all the suits he has, man.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, is, like, the majority of guys that I know that excelled at a high level... I'd say 95% of them are really good dudes off right. the field. There, there's a couple of dudes kind of slip through the cracks. Like, yeah. hey, this guy's not very a good person, but hey, he's a hell of a ball player. But i right. say majority of guys that are elite athletes that are succeeding at a really high level, they're really good people on and off the field. And just as far as the way they carry themselves and kind of speak about other people and they're always uplifting and uh, I mean, taking the time to sign and do just all the different things that they do. Right. Um. I, I think that goes a long ways as far as Helping you and aiding your ability to perform on the field. I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
0: I want to transition real quick before I got a few ad reads. I'm going to start with Fresno First Bank. There you um, go. You're familiar with them by now. Right?
1: I am. They just shot me a follow.
0: What? Shout out to Fresno First Bank. Their, uh, their tailgates are electric lately. There you go. Great people that work there. But Fresno First Bank, you know, they're a local bank to Fresno in the community and they got a strong connection with business owners to help them grow and succeed. Uh, Fresno First, they're never too busy for you. I walk in there all the time. Give me a handshake, a high five, a knuckles, a go dogs, a, a hey, I really like that last episode of Burning the Juice. Like, keep it up. And I'm like, thank you. I really appreciate the, you know, support on that. But if you're looking for a definitive banking experience where they're going to treat you like family and take a sound biz- business approach, then you need Fresno First. It's not even close. They understand business. They personalize the procedures. For all the business owners, it's electric. So, shout out to Fresno First. Uh, additionally, Dervos Deli, you're drinking out of the cup right now. That's right let me see that real quick a little a little flash gerbos deli uh i gotta finish my deal with them i've been talking about it on juice for a while uh i gotta talk to the owner justin fresno state alum the best deli in the 559 i would put money on it in california and you know i want to make it to like we have a day where you wear bring the juice hat in free side free chips free soda they're gonna start serving beer like Something to get the boys rowdy. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Dervos Deli. They do sell sweet D onions, so they're obviously high quality. But their bread's perfectly toasted. The tomatoes have the perfect level of slice. Uh, lettuce is crispy. Chicken is cooked perfectly, juicy, not dry. They got nice aiolis, good barbecues. Shout out to Dervos Deli. If you haven't been yet, what are you doing, man? What the hell, you? What, what are you doing? But get, get there, okay. But, you know, transitioning, Marcus, the game's changed. Um, I know you work with with young athletes now. You work with all kinds of athletes. And if we wanted to start from a broad perspective, I don't want to dive too deep, but deep enough into it. The transition from high school ball to college, what would you say is the biggest difference? And if you had any advice for young kids in that sector to prepare, what would you say?
1: I would I would say the biggest transition from high school to college is, I would say, just the time priority of it all and not realizing how much time that you're actually going to dedicate to your sport. I mean, you might have practice in the morning, then you're going to go to class and you might have an hour or two break and you would think right, on paper, hey, I'm going to take a nap right here, but you're going to have to go go do some treatment or roll out or do different things to where i mean you're
0: hour and i mean your ice bath in your yeah you're doing so much stuff you're watching tape you're watching
1: film there's just so much stuff that it's a continuous thing and i think the biggest thing for me now that i'm done playing kind of looking back on it you don't realize how much your family is going to have to sacrifice for you going there and i think now that i'm not playing i realize that to where my family's life really revolved around my football schedule. Like, hey, Marcus is at Stanford this week or Marcus is in Boise this week. We're going to travel here. We're going to travel and I know your family traveled a ton. I'm right now. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing it right now with your brother to where, I mean, you don't realize like, hey, like this is my goal, my dream. I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm living it. I'm breathing it. But it's going to affect a lot of people in your immediate circle that they're going to have to shift their schedules to basically accommodate you.
0: It's and you know what though it's funny, I I don't know how you were, but mm-hmm. uh my family simple folk, and we farm onions man, and like we go we or were, we're pretty, um pretty just, we're, we we got a uh, routine I guess you'd call it. My parents work all week. When my mom would take their kids to practice, my mom and dad would go to the games. They were supportive there um never the parents to like watch practice or right. anything like just they drop me off they pick me up um obviously they they enjoyed watching me play and we would go to church on sunday mornings we'd eat breakfast after and then we go to my grandma's house for sunday dinner it's right. it's just the old school you know american italian freaking farm family and uh I never really went anywhere in my entire life until I started playing college football. Right. I went on an airplane to Kentucky because I had a great grandma that died. We called her Kentucky Grandma. Mm -hmm. And I was in fourth grade. And I remember it because I was... Went on an airplane. And then I remember it because... I didn't know the lady. Um, In Kentucky, they served us spaghetti. And... Instead of like marinara sauce, like red sauce with spaghetti, the lady put ketchup with it, and I remember saying to my mom and dad, "This is kind of jacked up." And I was like, "Oh, what's yeah, wrong yeah. with this spaghetti?" Yeah, like, I have no words for that, <laughs> bro. It was—I was, was like—I remember I'm freaking 25 years old. This was yeah. 15 years ago, man, and I'm traumatized still from it. Yeah. Uh, point is, what I'm getting to—we didn't go many places. My family didn't go many places, and then you know, I I I redshirted my freshman year dressed a few games. Yeah. Um but then my first year I was eligible, my redshirt freshman year, I I was I I traveled every we, yeah. I, I mean I, I counted it one day. I, I've traveled to 26 states yeah. to play football. I've been to Hawaii yeah. like 3 or 4 times to play football. Like right. I, I haven't been a lot of places to actually see it, but I could say I've been in Nebraska, I could say I've been in yeah. Alabama, I could say I've been all these places and my family got to, you know, kind of experience them like like i remember my parents when we played bama like they went and saw the one college bar then they came and watched us play like Mm -hmm. they got to see these places and as much as it it is a burden flights are expensive your weekends are i mean from august to december do not have a wedding do not have an event like (laughs) like bro we're booked up we're going and they're you're it's such a small window in a rare thing to like you're gonna go watch your kid play yeah whether he's qb1 or hustling on special teams like yeah you're gonna watch your kid like and i think my family like they knew the work i put in the passion i had for the sacrifice to where they're like yeah frank worked his ass off to do this like we're gonna go watch him play in nebraska it's like
1: yeah same thing and i think I was, my family was the same way too to where i was kind of on a quarterback carousel a little bit when i was at oregon state and I would almost give my parents a free pass. Like I would tell them, like, hey, you you don't have to come to this game if you don't right. want to. Like it, yeah, it's cool. Like I'm not offended. We're going to Mexico. Yeah, You're good, bro. Don't go. It's fine. You're good. Like it's all good. I know it's expensive. You got to travel. You got to drive. You got to fly. And they would say they would say, like, when you have a kid, like you understand, like, we're not going to miss the game. Like, we're going to be there to support you. Right. And that's something that I'm super appreciative for to have. I mean, just having that family support and people that want to be in my corner and watch me, whether I was playing I mean, 50 snaps or two snaps or they weren't sure if I was going to play or not, you know, to where it's definitely something that was motivating and kind of pushing me.
0: Well, you don't, I mean, and and I agree. And like right now, like my brother Max playing Fresno State, if he wasn't, I probably wouldn't be as hardcore about it. But like, bro, it's a little bro. Like we shared a room from, he was born till he was 18. Like I, I know the kid better than anybody. I know how he thinks. I know how he feels. I know when he's struggling. I know he's succeeding. I know what to say to him, when, what, where. I'll tell you right now, the dude's ready to go. Yeah. But like, and like he's in the best headspace I've ever seen him in. Like, Red Wave, you're gonna, this kid's about to explode. Mm -hmm. Watch out for zero. But like, I'm saying, watching him, and of course that's bias. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? You think David Carr, he's an NFL analyst and he picks the Raiders every week. You gotta look out for I'd hope you
1: support your family. That's what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) But like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I've missed out on some bring the juice opportunities because I'm like, my brother's, has a football game that weekend like yeah. I'm I'm not gonna I know how rare it is to play at that high of a level and more than anything like dude we take advantage of it a little bit yeah like oh bro we're we're just playing Nevada this week like yeah are you playing on ESPN too bro it's, like yeah. you used to dream about shit like this yeah and you become numb to it over time
1: that's very true, yeah. And I never, yeah, it's a good point. I never really thought about that. To where it's like a lot of times you're like, oh yeah, we're playing whatever Nevada, Wyoming, but it's like, dude, you're playing on national television, and everyone across the country could watch you if they wanted to. Just flip the channel. If there's someone to watch you on accent, oh, that's Marcus. Oh, what the heck? You know? Late
0: night at a hotel, you check yeah. in, you're like, oh shit, Fresno State's playing. Yeah. Marcus, I know, blah blah blah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's electric. I mean, so if you're a kid who's getting recruited right now, what would you say is like the must? The absolute number one thing that kid must be doing.
1: I, I would advise someone who's trying to get to where they to the college level. Right. Um, find someone who's been there, done that, and ask them advice and do what they're what they did to basically get there. To as far as I remember I was the first one in my family to get recruited and especially in Danuba. Um yeah. nobody had gone division one since like the 70s. I was the first one in a really long time to where a lot of trial and error going to camps that I probably shouldn't have gone to that were kind of the different money grab things and showcase and this and that and blah 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 blah, blah. whereas I kind of found out throughout the process that go directly <laughs> to the camps I mean if Fresno State's hosting a camp and Tedford and Kirby and JD and those guys are out there go to those camps because you want to develop a relationship That's with a, the coaches build some relationships that are actually going to have the ability to offer you a scholarship versus going to some Joe Bro average dude who's like, yeah. hey, I could send this out for you. It's like, no, nah, just go directly to the coaching staff who's the there source. and available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: You got to be available. I mean, the recruiting game, even in our from our era to now, it's mm-hmm. changed. Like, yeah. I didn't have a Twitter when I was getting recruited. It wasn't a thing. I had a huddle and I emailed people. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And I went to a few camps. And it all panned out. But, like, I would agree. Build those relationships. Yeah. I, I tell... You know, some a lot of young athletes reach out to me f- through Bring the Juice, and like I've built some relationship with these kids, giving pointers. And like one of the biggest things I could say, they're like, "Hey, I'm going to a camp," and I said, "Hey, at the end of that camp, first of all, you have to ball out." Like you, yeah, yeah. Do, let do let me, thing.
1: Let's park it right there real quick because that's something I really want to talk about. To where people, I feel like everyone's kind of looking for like hey, what's a magic pill to get a scholarship offer? Like, dude, no. you got to be a dog. Like, yeah, you can't. like, let's just stop right there for a I'm second. Saying. If you're not, like, balling out at your position, you're not going to go Division One. No. I. Like, let's stop it right there as far as, like, you Reality can pay check. as much money as you want to your trainer, to the camps. You could fly all over the country. But if you're not putting up the stats, you're not going to get recruited. And that's just something to where I think you have to have that real conversation with yep. people sometimes, like, like, humble brag. I threw 43 touchdowns my junior year. Like, how'd you get recruited? I threw 43 touchdowns. I didn't throw a pick until playoffs. I was leading California. And California has some really good athletes. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> so you do stuff like that. Like, that's how you get recruited. You know, like, go if you're a receiver, go score three, four touchdowns a game. You're going to get recruited. And, and me being from a small town, like you were from Fresno, San Joaquin, you have some bigger talent, bigger guys that are going D1 every year. But um, if you want teams to find you, Ball out, be Both. good.
0: You have to win. If yeah. you, and I, I tell kids too. Like, a couple of people have sent me their huddles, and I'll just be like, "Hey man, uh, a ten yard gain where you get caught. Don't don't put that as your first play. Yeah, yeah. put your put your best plays first. Put your ninety yard touchdown first where you juke the shit you got. Out of everybody.
1: Three to five plays if you're lucky to catch that college coach's attention. If you don't grab his attention with that 90-yard touchdown in the beginning, like, oh, this is decent. I'll watch the next play. Yeah. Oh, this is decent. I'll watch the next play. Hold on. This kid's actually something. Let me keep watching, you know?
0: Right. Have the grades, too. Yeah. Make yourself yourself accessible. Yeah. Be a solution, not a problem.
1: Yeah. And I think that was big for me, too, understanding. Just being from a small school, it's like, hey, man, they could find – an exact replica duplication of you at Buchanan, they're going to take the Buchanan kid right. every time. And that's just something to where you got to swallow that reality. It is what it is to where if you're at a small school and it's not known for putting D1 kids out every year, you have to have those intangibles and different things and yeah. be squeaky clean. And even if you are that kid at Buchanan, if you don't have the grades, they're going to go right across the street to Memorial or Clovis North or to Central or wherever the case is. Like you have, to, you have to, you have to balance, be a balanced athlete and just well-rounded person, kind of like we talked about this whole podcast. And I mean,
0: again, going back to the control the controllables, man. Like if there's if you have a thousand yards receiving and ten touchdowns, and another guy has a thousand yards receiving and ten touchdowns, one guy's got a three point five, the other guy's got a two point two. They're taking this guy a hundred percent of the yeah. time. of the time I don't think people understand and especially I knew being like a guy who could go like Montana State FCS or like a Fresno State I knew that me having good grades was gonna help my case and I knew dudes that were good athletes that didn't have good grades and guess what they didn't get those opportunities
1: yeah and I think something's important for people to know too is like especially like I was fortunate enough to have I mean, the UCLA's and the Washington's coming to visit and calling me during class right. and stepping out and stuff like that. But um, more importantly, like the football we talked about, that's important. That's what's going to tease the coaches, get their interest to come. But then once that happens and you have their attention, the process scary, just man. started. Like, all right, all right, here we go to where I remember coaches come into the school and they would talk to my football coach last. They would right. talk to the principal, my teacher, see where I sit am my talk. And I remember having a home visit where – Oregon State came over for dinner at my house and they are talking to my little sisters. Like, hey, is he, like, jokingly, but really serious. Like, is he a good brother to you? Like, is he nice to you? And I'm talking to my parents and, like, they're investing. I think one year of -of out-of-state tuition at Oregon State was, like, $45,000. Like, they're not just signing you, like, hey, come to my school for 20 bucks. Like, they're investing a lot of money into you to go to that school to where um, they're going to do their due diligence just like they do in the league. I mean, they do the whole medical check and uh, you're definitely an investment for sure.
0: Well, I think, I mean, the other side of that coin, the process of getting recruited or being a coach who's recruiting, a lot of guys are fast. A lot of guys have good highlight tapes. But, like, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't post stupid stuff on Twitter. Be a high-character guy. And, I mean, like, you want high-character guys in your locker room. And and I I was getting to that. One thing I've told all my recruits, you go to a camp, you go, let's say you're Fresno State, and you're a kid from uh dinuba buchanan central wherever and you're not you're not the highly recruited guy but you had a good camp and they and they you know you're maybe they wrote your name down maybe you won like a little the little awards or some shit dude go up to the head coach go up to the offensive coordinator go up to the strength go up to anybody that looks like they're a coach shake their hand because in today's generation Everyone's antisocial at this point. Everyone wants to be on their phones. They want to post a little Instagram pic. I get it. We've all been there, bro. You want to look hard for the gram. I totally get it. But like engaging in a conversation, shaking their hand like a grown-ass man, looking them in the eye, it's becoming a thing that was once regular that's now it's like, hey, you know what? That kid, yeah, he had a pretty good camp. We offered all these guys. But you know, I kind of I like that guy. He sh- He came up and shook my hand like a grown-ass man.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think for you to piggyback on that, I'll throw all the, the high school kids a lob right here as far as what I used to do, as far as going to those big camps. You know, as soon as you get to the camp, who the four stars are, who the three stars are, the, the reporters are talking to them before the camp even starts. I would find those kids and I would go right behind the quarterback. Yep. Every same time he would throw, time. I'm right behind him. I'm making the same throw. Right. He's going to get water. I'm going to get water. He's time, like, I would literally do whatever thing. he did and you're going to accidentally get some coverage because the camera's still rolling. You'd be like, oh, who the heck is this kid? He just made a good throw, actually, to where I credit a lot of the success I had in recruitment being that small-town kid. I would find whoever the best kids were, go right behind them, make the exact same throw they did, and if anything, um, it's a good wake up call for you. It's like, hey, am I actually am I good or am not? I good enough to play at this level? Like, right. this is kids this a three star. He's going here. Can I do what he's doing? And yeah. it's a it's a good wake up call for people to realize, hey, maybe I, I'm a D two guy or maybe I'm a D one guy or right. I don't have any offers, but I'm doing exactly what this D one yeah. kid's doing. I could play at this level. Right.
0: Right. I mean, you know, you got to create your own opportunities sometimes too. I, yeah. I, if you're doing a camp, bro, go to the front of the line every time. Get done and cut back to the front of the line. Because I've been there where dudes are cutting me, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on, like, bro. Yeah. I'm yeah. But guess what? They're getting thirty reps, and yeah. I'm getting four.
1: Yeah, and they're getting all the write ups. <laughs> and, you,
0: and you, so you got to, you got to be aggressive i would yeah
1: say. and i'm sure you had a moment like that too because i mean you didn't walk onto fresno state just randomly like oh let's see shot in the dark see if i could play here." like i'm sure you had a couple moments to where yeah. you played with some dudes who had offers and you're like dude i've lined up against this dude i've done this i've done that like all the time i believe i belong here and you got to have that sense of belonging too to it's have that it's a confidence yeah it's you got to have a certain swagger about you yeah. too
0: oh, i love it all right so By the time this pod airs, uh, Fresno State hopefully already beat San Jose, but they played. And I was talking to Coach Jeff Tedford last night at the uh, Coach's Show. It's on Fox Sports Radio. Everyone go check it out. Um, Coach Tedford is always on with Paul Leffler. And, you know, the rivalries in sports. And I want to get into the Fresno State ones to end it, but I'm just thinking, like, I wrote down a few of the best rivalries in sports. I got here. Here's some of the ones I got. Tell me if I forgot him. Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Giants, Packers, Bears. I'm I'm gonna throw in Raiders, Chiefs right now just because. Past couple of years, it's been, been a little bit big. of beef. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oklahoma versus Texas, the Red River rivalry is electric. Yeah, that's huge. It's always electric. Notre Dame, USC. I don't know why. Maybe I watched Notre Dame a lot growing up. But it just... And Reggie Bush, Brady Quinn. That's like, a, it was just kind of a... That's at
1: SC Texas. When Vince Young was there, that was big.
0: That was big. I'm going to throw UCLA, USC in there, too. Yeah. You have to. Battle LA. One of my personal favorites, Army, Navy. Mm-hmm. It's just... If you're American, like, how can you not love it? It's always yeah. dramatic. It's always, like, 17 to 14. The cadets are awesome. Yeah. Like, it's got to do on weekend. Army, Navy's got to be in there. I'm going to throw the big game. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And then my other bullet point was USA versus Canada in hockey.
1: You know, I'm not as seasoned in the hockey game, but Why I would either. I would imagine I, I've heard about it before, though, to right. where I know that's a big deal.
0: Yeah. I, I, I had to Google some research to make sure I didn't miss any. And that one came across, and I was like, okay. Yeah. That's respectable. What and, else? I mean, what else? I, I can't think of any else.
1: Oregon State fans would hate me if I didn't say the Oregon State-Oregon game just because I was actually a part of that game. Was, it, is that the Civil War? Yeah, the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. so that's been going on for a while. But I, I I know houses that were literally divided like that game. Like, don't talk right. to me. I'm going to watch the game over here. You go watch the game over there. Wow. And we're... Yeah.
0: There's a, I mean, there's some quirky... I mean, I could have put like Harvard-Yale on there, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, BYU-Utah is a good one. Dude. Oh, yeah.
1: That's a really good say one. Say what
0: you want. And this is what I was going to lead into... Okay, the San Jose State game's already passed, but we played Boise a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Got San Diego coming up. We have San Jose State as a rival. We have Boise as a rival. We have San Diego as a rival. Now, San Jose State, it's the Valley Trophy. I personally think San Jose State is complete frauds because they don't rep the Valley the way we do. Only one of us has the V on our helmet. Right. And where is it religiously. I'm actually going to get it branded on me. I know I've said that for a while now, but it's going to happen. It's coming. And it's like, we're the Valley. We produce the agriculture. What with technology, Silicon yeah. Valley, whatever, man. I think they're frauds for that one. That trophy's heavy as hell. That how much that trophy weigh?
1: That trophy is really heavy.
0: Hundred pounds. No.
1: Mm, it, it's a solid 60 it's a solid 60 it's a solid 60 for it's sure. one of those
0: ones where like you like you, grab you, you, you get a little uh, like,
1: oh you get a little grunt and if you had and to do
0: like an over the head you're yeah like,
1: yeah yeah let me shit,
0: if this falls, it's gonna knock you
1: yeah out yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna miss some teeth after this. this is what
0: i'm saying that valley trophy is thick
1: yeah yeah and, and i think the big thing with rivalries too is i think it's just important for the guys to understand like obviously it sounds cliche and boring like understand the history but really like right. what it means i think I had so much more of a respect for the Boise game right after the Boise game. Yeah. Like, I knew it was a big deal.
0: Which one? The first one we ever played? When uh, we
1: won the, we we the Mount West Championship. When we won... The last one. The last one. Okay. Like, I knew it was a big deal. Like, oh, we haven't won there in a long time. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, yeah, like, it's a rivalry game. Like, I get it. Like, right. I'm pumped. I'm excited for it. I'm dialed in. But then seeing the reactions of, like, the fans, dude, like, that, like, made me, like, sit back. Like, dude, this is a big game. Like, I... I had no idea. Like people recording the last play, like they're pumped up, screaming at the TV, right. jumping up and down. And I think for guys just to understand the history, to where I mean, you're talking a rivalry game, six and zero versus six and 0 0 and six versus zero and six. I mean, this is a it's going to be a dog fight. It doesn't matter it's, what the record. Well, are. and
0: that's kind of like you know, like I I agree. So if I had to rank that our rivals, and I think UCLA is low key like becoming a rival. Like yeah, it's we not think much of a rivalry so, they don't think when so. you
1: sweep them that much, you know. But whatever. Barbecue
0: chicken, <laughs> but like, I think when we beat Boise, it definitely it feels the best. Yeah. Um. But I think like the standard for the San Jose State game is like you, we don't you don't lose the San Jose State. Yeah, yeah. Like you you secure the bag. Yeah. Winning the Valley Trophy, mm-hmm. San Diego. It's kind of like, so I googled the, the 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 origins behind the trophies, and I remember Coach Tedford used yeah, yeah. to tell us the reasoning. Mm-hmm. So the San Jose State game, uh it's cuz of the valley it's it's they that trophy's rather newish um san diego there's an oil can that we play for uh-huh. which is a small ass oil can and like the origin's really i don't call it weak but it's a little weak the oil can the, the oil v. can the, oil the reason can, yeah. it's an oil
1: can is because it's like the long haul or something yeah, across right allegedly
0: driving from fresno to san diego uh in the early days people used to carry a can of water and a can of oil right. because their cars like, wouldn't make it over the grapevine. Through
1: and yep, I remember All that. Shit. that. Yeah. And like,
0: is that is that like our is that is that trophy worthy?
1: I, I don't know that stuff. And honestly, I will say the cool thing when I got to Fresno State, I didn't realize how many trophies you play for yeah. every year. That's you could cool. throw
0: the gold of the screwdriver. Like in there not too.
1: not even counting. I mean, like the bowl game, the championship; those are dope. Obviously, you want to be in those games. But I yeah. mean, like you said, you got the milk can. You got the Valley V. You got the oil can. And and I don't know if it's a myth or not, but you got that screwdriver that you talked about. I don't really know where it's at or going I, on. I've
0: never... We've beat Hawaii enough times. So we're like, I've right, seen right, it, Yeah, seen
1: it. You could keep the screwdriver.
0: Yeah. Shove it up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, and then the milk can, you know, there was a dairyman in Boise and there was a dairyman in Fresno who were buddies and they developed, they developed this freaking you know, trophy. And it's cool. It's news to me. I didn't even know that. It looks like the Stanley Cup a little bit, I think. Kind of does. It's kind of big. It's a big trophy. It's a big one.
1: It's not as heavy as that Valley View one. Now that you mention it. Okay,
0: the, I'm saying the other ones rank,
1: are are pretty light though. Like you could pick those oh, up the and oil really can, like,
0: It's like an empty paint can. Literally.
1: Yeah, yeah. You could take any kind Bob of Gallo picture Bucky you man. want, move it around.
0: You yeah. I'm telling you, there is specific poses you could do with this Valley If right, you see a right. dude with that Valley View over, <laughs> just know he's flexing and it's coming directly right down.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a
0: little awkward, and like, bro, the last thing you want to do is drop a trophy. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't someone break a trophy?
1: I don't know. Probably. I know you. You were you were pretty intentional. You always got there pretty quick. Mister Frank Delaney always had some fire picks I with the I trophies. Bet. I will say that.
0: Me and Marcus are. I think we're on like a. Uh, we had a lot like of a pamphlet them. or something. Yeah. <laughs> After yeah. the Vegas one, yeah, that it was, was on so the front fun, cover. Bro. Yeah. That was I'm talking, we're like putting it down. There's no red wave behind yeah, us. Yeah. We're like,
1: shh, shh, shh. shh. Good times. Ah! Good times, man. Good times.
0: That Good times. I uh, yeah, rivalries and sports, man. I mean, they're electric. And I think, you know, to end it, like college football is the most electric.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to compare. And I heard someone talking about kind of like youth football, just it's just so pure, you know? Yeah. And I think college football is the same to where I think everyone in the NFL, um, no matter how much they love it, they kind of have their their price point to where win or lose, I'm making a million dollars. Like, the back, it, man. It, it's gonna it's gonna affect you to some point. I, I right. don't know what your number is in the league, but I think everyone has that number to where it's like, man, win, lose or draw, I'm making right. a million dollars on Tuesday. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter. But yeah. in college, I mean, you're out there grinding, dude. You're playing for your brothers.
0: I hope this nil thing doesn't turn it into that. And I, yeah, I really don't think it will.
1: Uh, I think it's going to be similar to league, where you're going to have four or five dudes on every team that are really raking it in, and everyone else is the gonna SEC, kinda, like top yeah, three yeah. five teams, like right, I, right. Fresno State, I mean, they might have a couple dudes bringing in a couple grand here and there, and different deals them. and stuff like good that. But yeah, I, I think it's good for the sport. I think if you have the ability to build a brand and do it yourself, just like anyone else in college, then yeah. more power to you, man. Handle yeah. it.
0: Definitely uh, advice to if you're in any sort of a athletic profile position. You got to strike with iron's hot, man. Because yeah. guess what? You're not that athlete forever. Yeah. And if you could capitalize on your brand, capitalize on your name, um, make the most of it. Because people want to yeah. be your friend when you're still the bee's yeah. knees, the cat's pajamas, that hot shit. Yeah. Once you're an old head, eh, Facts. whatever. Yeah.
1: I know when I was playing at Fresno State, I mean, you have that ability and credibility to call the CEO and get him on the phone right away. You don't have to call the front desk. You don't have to go to talk to this person. You call the head man himself and he will pick up the phone.
0: Right. And is one of those cities where like, I've, I'll be open. I'm on the other side of this now. Like, I want hungry, high character athletes yeah. someday working for Delana Farms. Someday right. maybe, maybe I start another podcast they could co-host or yeah. they could do their own podcast under burning the juice. Like, High character people will never go out of style. Right. Marcus, I'm going to wrap it up here. You got anything else you want to say to bring the juice?
1: Amen. Keep bringing the juice. Go, oh, dogs, to the day we die. To
0: the day we die, baby. Uh, this has been another great episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. Be sure to follow Marcus. He's going to be back on probably pretty soon here. But, uh, what's new? We always have fire episodes. Uh, get your piss hot this week and uh, bring the juice, baby.
1: Bring the juice. <laughs>